Welcome to The Money Hour with Tina Mitchell. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, NMLS 7233. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC. Now, in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome to The Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the May 12th show. I'm your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, and with me is my co-host, Keelan Harvey. How's it going today, Keelan? Very good. Very excited to be here. We got some exciting stuff to talk about, and we have some awesome guests, and I'm looking forward to hearing what they got to say. Sounds good. Bringing in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events in our local economy and how they can affect your money. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but we are here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that we have on the show today. You can call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And our lineup for today's show, we have Randy Banneker with Banneker Public Affairs, the battle for reason in a fast-growing region. And also in studio, Holly Fern with Lynn Matt Commercial LLC. We're going to be talking about the Seattle rental law, laws with Holly today. And last guest in studio, first time in studio, very excited to have Deanna Fulton with Deanna Fulton Realty Group. Marketing, pricing, and listing strategies. Great information. As always, we have great guests in studio. For more information on any of the topics discussed or questions that you have for the guests, we can definitely get you connected with them. Just call the show at one 855 411 Again, that's one 855 411.50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And for today's show, just like every show, let's go ahead and start out with a little money chat. Money. Money. Last week during Money Chat, I talked to you about Amazon, a little bit of the craziness going on uh, with one of their big projects, Amazon's construction shut down over proposed head tax. I thought I'd bring something in. Some new news has happened. Uh, Last week's Money Chat um, went over the pause of the construction for their big Seattle office tower over the city proposed head tax. The debate over Seattle proposed business tax to pay the affordable housing and homeless services took a confrontational turn last week when dozens of iron workers crashed a rally given by a very left-wing council member Kashama Shawant at the Amazon Spheres. It took place one day after Amazon announced it's pausing construction planning on the new downtown tower until the Seattle Council votes on a $75 million a year tax, a move that Sawant, a supporter of the business head tax, described as extraordinary tactics. Now, Sawant is known for her ability to turn on her vocal supporters at council meetings, but on Thursday, the iron workers downed her, downed her out, and every time she tried to speak, the iron workers who easily outnumbered her supported, shouting against and again, no head tax, no head tax. So I wasn't there personally. I would have liked to uh, to see it myself, but uh, definitely heard it was quite the quite the scene. The iron workers were from Local 86, which represents about 2,600 members. Many of them said that they have worked on a number of Amazon projects. Now, even after the workers left the scene, remained tense. At one point, another man showed up and he yelled to Sawant, telling, um, saying, tell us how you're going to spend the money. The man worked for a landscaping company and heard that the protest from when he was in his apartment building just a few blocks away. Seattle Mayor Jenny Durkin 
said that she's concerned about Amazon's opposition. And the tax is currently expected to raise $75 million a year for about 600 businesses uh, citywide. Of that, $50 million would go to affordable housing construction, $20 million to homeless services, and $5 million to administrative costs. So um, still, this, the story will continue to see how it um, outplays. We're actually talking with the, the guests before we came into studio and some of the things that are happening in the housing market in Seattle and the luxury market because of all of the stuff that's going on in Seattle. So definitely I'll bring it back uh, into money chat in one of the future shows. Coming up next in the Money Hour, the battle for reason in a fast-growing region. Randy Banneker with Banneker Public Affairs right here on 1150 AM KKNW after this short break. Are you clear about what it will take to be successful selling your home in 2018? Deanna Fulton Realty Group takes your real estate success to heart. They're adamant about a custom strategy. It often takes a village to represent your unique home and you. The brokers of Deanna Fulton Realty Group have five-star Zillow and Yelp rating and client testimonials to back that up. To start the conversation, reach out to evokethevillage.com. Hi, this is Deanna Fulton from Deanna Fulton Realty Group. You can reach us at DeannaFultonRealtyGroup.com or EvokeTheVillage.com. Let us help you create a custom strategy for your real estate success. Whether listing or buying, we can help find a solution today. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, and also with me, my co-host, Keelan Harvey, right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, May 12th show. It's a great day to talk money, and that's what the show is all about, how to make money, save money, have a better quality of life for you and your family. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but we are here to answer any questions that you might have or get connected with the guests that, I, that we have on the show today. You can call the show at one 855 411 Again, that's one 855 411 or online at com. In studio right now, regular contributor of my show is Randy Banneker with Banneker Public Affairs, the battle for reason in a fast-growing region. Randy, thank you so much for coming back in studio. Great to be here. Thank you, Tina. And a little bit about Randy. Uh, Randy has been engaged in our region's critical issues for more than 20 years. He has an extensive experience advocating complex, highly visible, and controversial land use and public policy initiatives. Randy is a leader in the region's business community and has a strong record of community service, which includes co-chair policy committee of the Greater Seattle Chamber of Commerce, president Villa Academy Board of Trustees, uh, past chair Bellevue Chamber of Commerce, past president Seattle City Club. Prior to forming Banneker Public Affairs, Randy held government affairs positions at Washington Natural Gas, Puget Sound Energy, and the Rocky Company. He also comes in and and presents. Uh, We get to see him face-to-face outside a studio with all of my real estate professionals for a power hour lunch and learn and really just I want to give a shout out and thank you Randy for everything that you do um, for our region and for our area and dealing with all of these complex things that uh, that come up so really appreciate it thank you Randy you're uh, engaged in public affairs and government relations work in our region representing groups like the Seattle King County Realtors and other organizations and businesses trying to do something with government or have government do something to them what are the major issues you're seeing right now 
A couple. Um, certainly housing. Uh, we're, you know, the, the housing market, we're seeing uh, record highs in terms of housing prices and inventory has plummeted to record lows. Um, that is pressured every housing unit from uh, a mansion on the lake uh, down to something at the, the most entry level or even a, a rental. Um, homelessness, uh, the whole region is uh, addressing the issues associated with homelessness. And as Tina mentioned earlier, uh, Seattle right now is in the throes of contemplating a, a tax on um, every full-time equivalent employee, a tax on jobs. And that's forced um, a lot of uh, consideration in the business community about um, the, uh, the, the climate for business. So, Randy, if Seattle goes through with the jobs tax, will there be any issues or impacts outside of Seattle? I don't think there's any question that this is going to yeah. have ripple effects uh, throughout central Puget Sound. You know, um, economic prosperity is not guaranteed. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in my, my mid-50s, and, and looking back on um, my, my youth, you know, we all had friends uh, and, and family that suffered through aer- aerospace yes. cycles. Yes. Um, when, when I was really until relatively recently, um, the business community, we've been talking about how to diversify our, our economy and how to strengthen it and how to add jobs to this region um, mm-hmm. so, that, uh, so that we'd have more economic opportunity. That's been really hard work. And to, um, to dismiss that is, uh, is, is really kind of scary. Um, it, what, what Seattle does, because it's the major city in the region, it sends a message yes. uh, nationally. And it's a message that um, is not a positive one for a potential uh, employer wanting to, to come into the region. Yeah, it makes sense. You mentioned that housing is a part of the jobs tax discussion as revenue source to build more housing for the homeless. Does market rate housing have a connection to the issue? It it does, I think. Um, You know, uh, supply is tight at every price point. Um, And if you if you think about housing as a continuum, as a ladder, uh, you can add housing supply everywhere at every point along that continuum or, or to, to use the ladder analogy you know you're adding rungs to the ladder um, and when you do that more people can get on the ladder and more people can move up the ladder um, when people can't get on the ladder or move up the ladder um, then you're in a situation where uh, the folks at the at the lower rungs are the most impacted mm-hmm. um, because they are pressured they are pressured off uh, without a without a safety net and I think that's the sort of effect that we're beginning to see or that we have been seeing. Yeah, and you know what I mean? It's a it's a hard dynamic to try to figure out to to find that balance to take care of the um, the lower income and uh, prevent from you know, all the homelessness and be able to uh, keep the city growing. So we've talked about thinking about the all-time lows in the housing inventory. What can be done to improve the inventory, Randy? Right. You know, I I really think the most important thing we need to do regionally is agree that we need to ensure there's an adequate supply of housing um, mm-hmm. relative to job growth. And just looking at a, a data point, and I, and I won't get too wonky here, but um, <laughs> we have a, a government agency that's called the Puget Sound Regional Council, and mm-hmm. it's made up of the 
principally the urban counties in central Puget Sound. Well, they do a lot of forecasting. Um, they have demographers that tell us um, how many people we should expect in terms of population and employment. And their, their job is to look out. So they have just released a forecast for the year 2050. And they estimate a, a tremendous increase in population. The, the math that I've done, and I won't go into it now, but if you allocate that population and the, the housing units required to accommodate that population mm -hmm. to King County, we need to add in King County 13,437 housing units per year for the next 32 years. That is wow. crazy. Just, just to keep up with a, with a number that's relatively conservative. Wow. Wow. And, you know, with Seattle's unique uh, metroplex surrounded all by water, our ge geography alone doesn't necessarily allow for that. So what are some of the obstacles to innovate uh, to innovative designs or better use of the land? Well, I think we we have to, um, again, decide that we're going to look a little bit differently, be more creative in how we use the, the limited land supply that we have. Um, we talked We've talked in earlier visits about the state's growth management act, and and that set up a what they call the urban growth boundary. And the idea was that you would direct growth into the urban areas mm -hmm. and have compact, dense development. And in doing so, you'd curb sprawl and you'd protect rural and resource lands. Done a pretty good job of that, but we need to do more about the density uh, within within the urban area. So, Randy, what is it going to take to make some uh, real on the roads on on housing? Well, I think part of it is is again we need to turn that corner and and not be afraid of change and not be afraid of growth. Mm -hmm. uh, change can bring some opportunities, and we've the good news is we've we've got some really strong examples of where growth and density has created exciting places to be and and new. Um, and new neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. And as those have emerged, we've also been able to protect our single-family neighborhoods. And I, I just point to uh, the activity that's happened in South Lake Union, in downtown Bellevue, downtown Kirkland. Uh, I think you can watch downtown Redmond and also Overlake Village as mm -hmm. it grows out, um, and, and Issaquah. Um, these are communities that um, are taking on growth and doing it in a way that, um, that builds character to the so community. So can't they see that as an example and, and model that into the areas that they're not having as much success in? I think so. I think, I think just legitimately there is a lot of fear and frustration. And I've, mm -hmm. I've spoken with one elected official, official who kind of characterizes what's going on in the region. It's, it's as though the entire region is undergoing a kitchen remodel. Yeah. You know, just it's there's uh, dust everywhere. Everything's, you know, uh, torn up. It's hard to get from point A to point B. You don't know where things are. Kind of bad <laughs> kitchen model. Right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Not a good> <laughs> yeah. But again, it there is going to be a price, a near term sure. price to pay when sure. you have economic expansion. And I think um, the, the challenge for us is to recognize that that's going to happen, but not have that just chill us. Uh, we need to keep moving and keep talking and yes. uh, being creative. Well, Randy, uh, obviously uh, cities and counties play a role in that. What are the, some of the solutions that they're getting involved in? You know, for, for cities, it's really um, that idea of taking a look at, at your zoning 
and um, looking at ways to better use the land you have. And that can be uh, through multifamily um, development, uh, townhouse development, things that, uh, again, in the right areas uh, where you can increase the zone capacity and um, offer some housing units for, for rent or ownership. Uh, in terms of the county, the, the county's job is really to ensure that there is a regional plan and mm-hmm. that the cities within the county can coordinate. And, and that's happening. I, I'd just say we need to turn up the dial on that regional discussion, regional coordination um, on a few areas, ensuring that the transportation connections are in place and also thinking about um, promoting economic opportunity to some of those cities that have, have not uh, uh, seen the growth that we have in um, Seattle and, and East King County. Yeah. Well, instead of I got to give a shout out here for my husband because it is my show. Well, and Keelan's show as well. Um, <laughs> he, you know, he's uh, in his retirement instead of playing golf. He's now city councilman. He's on the, uh, on the been, um, for Newcastle. But I thought with all this going on, I was like, geez, I wish he was um, on as councilman in Seattle. But anyways, so, uh, Randy, um, how about the state legislation? Well, OK, so so the state has I mentioned the Growth Management Act yes. before. That is really the rules by which uh, population and employment um, is forecasted and then planned for. Okay. The, the state then directs local jurisdictions, counties, and cities to, to take that data and work with it and have it be a comprehensive planning effort. Um, again, which, which sounds pretty wonky, but it, the rubber meets the road pretty quickly because it's all about where people live, where they work, and how they get between point A and point B. So the state legislature can uh, better clarify uh, the need to balance jobs and housing. Got it. So, Randy, we, we established that we need to add housing, but how do we maintain the community character and the community quality? Mm-hmm. So that's really the, the key, is ensuring that as we grow, we don't lose um, the feel of the neighborhoods that we love. And I'm, I'm really excited about a, a housing strategy that Kirkland, the city of Kirkland, has just adopted, where they are going to look at uh, innovative housing types, and they're going to look at more uh, dense use of land, but they want to do so um, neighborhood by neighborhood with an eye towards maintaining that neighborhood character. Mm. And that, I think, is one of the strategies that's going to get us through the challenges we face. Is we yeah. want to make people – we don't want people to um, feel that, that their neighborhood that they love and they raise their family yeah. in – has changed completely. Yeah, it makes sense. Well, Randy, as we're wrapping up our uh, time here today, for um, all of our listeners, uh, what can people do to get involved? They can do things like your husband and, yes. and serve, serve on a city council. Uh, there are lots of volunteer opportunities to engage in uh, the planning effort. There are planning commissions. Mm-hmm. There are community meetings. It's really a matter of leaning into the problem and yeah. talking to your neighbors and friends about how we can uh, both promote a, 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 a economy that is vibrant and also have a place for those jobs to go home at night, yes. which is a home. Yeah, 
um, big, big goals and, and big planning to make those um, uh, come together. So, Randy, thanks again for coming into studio. Look forward to having you back real soon. Thank you, Tina. Coming up next on the Money Hour, what's happening with Seattle Rental Laws? Holly Hearn with Lynn Mack Commercial LLC right here at 1150 AM KKNW after the short break. Do you need diversity in your investment portfolio? Real estate can be a very solid investment, and Seattle is one of the strongest real estate markets in the country. The secret to making wise decisions is having a proven real estate investment expert by your side. Holly Furin of Linmac Commercial LLC is no ordinary real estate broker. She has more than two decades of real estate experience with sales and property management. She can help you navigate the booming Seattle real estate market to find golden properties, houses, or condos that are best suited to lease as a yearly residence or vacation rental. Whether you want a short-term investment or one that generates income for years, Holly Fearing can help you find the best property and negotiate the purchase. Then she'll market your home to prospective renters and screen tenant applications. By standing between you and the tenant, emotion is removed from the equation. You're not looking for a new best friend. You're looking for someone who will pay rent on time, maintain the property, and be a respectful neighbor. Holly Furin's tenants' rent checks have never gone beyond 30 days past due. During your free consultation with Linmac Commercial LLC, Holly will discuss your immediate needs and long-term goals. She'll deliver a comprehensive real estate investment plan custom-tailored to work for you. This is Holly Furin with Linmac Commercial LLC. If you're interested in investing in Seattle area property, please contact me at 206-381-1438. That's 206-381-1438. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, and my co-host, Keelan Harvey, right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, May 12th show. We are here to help you build a strong financial blueprint one week and one show at a time. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but we are here to connect you with the guests that we have in studio. You can call the show at one 855 Again, that's one 855 or online at themoneyhour.com. In studio right now, Holly Fern with Lynn Mac Commercial LLC, and we're talking about the Seattle rental laws. Holly, thank you for coming back in studio. Thank you for having me. And a little bit about Holly. Uh, Holly is a third-generation real estate broker and property manager in Seattle at the Lynn Mac Commercial LLC office. She has over 25 years personal experience as a property manager. She helps her clients acquire investment properties as well as finding tenants for them and managing rental properties. She appreciates the relationship she develops with her clients. Holly is heavily involved in her community service as well as being a Girl Scout troop leader. Holly, again, thank you um, and excited for our conversation today. Well, Holly, let's jump right in it. So how have the recent Seattle rental laws affected the rental market? Well, there was definitely an onslaught of new rental laws that kind of hit us all at once and definitely had some effects for a lot of landlords. Um, I had my first eviction ever because of the perfect storm of of not being able to properly mitigate the risk for my client. It was a nightmare. But then when this year hit, the uh, this year brought on the first-in-time law, which was uh, 
defeated in in court. I guess that was a couple weeks ago. I want to think. So I want to say thank goodness, but I feel bad. I mean, who knows? But it was kind of a scary. It was very scary, mm-hmm. uh, especially for landlords yes. who didn't know what what that meant. There was a lot of gray area. But it was causing the rentals to stay on the market longer and causing people to actually spend more money on their application fees yes. because they were scared of losing the ability to be first. Yeah. So then you'd propose a lease and then they'd say, oh, yeah, I found another place. And then it would it would cause the rentals to stay on the market longer. So yes. thankfully that was defeated and now they're challenging the criminal law, which is another nightmare because, again, it's forcing us to come up with different alternatives to screen and not have the criminal involved where most screening companies don't have that ability. So it's causing it's costing the applicants more money to get yeah. the specialized. So it's, again... A lot of, like we've been talking earlier, I mean, just a lot of change that's happening um, in Seattle right now. So, Holly, uh, with all the experience that you have and your expertise, which Seattle laws are the biggest concern for a landlord that's listening to the show today? Yeah, and again, these are Seattle laws, so mm-hmm. if if it's a property that's right outside of the city limits, it's not going to affect them, but I know the criminal uh, not being able to screen for criminals is very scary. And uh, just all of the laws, the not being able to increase the security p- deposit past one month's rent, not being able to charge things like the moving costs in a in a condo anymore, uh-huh. that puts more expense to the owners and they're starting to liquidate and dump their rental properties in Seattle, which is, all, again, causing a housing Crunch. Yeah, and so for this, I mean, it's the, it obviously is affecting investors in um, a scarcity. We talked just a, a couple seconds with the what's happening possibly with the luxury um, buyers and being afraid to come into Seattle. So are you? I know you work with investors as well in purchasing real estate. Are you seeing that there's a lot of people that are just not wanting to deal with what the potential might be in Seattle and they're buying outside of the Seattle area because of that. Absolutely. Yeah. If they're they're not if they were looking even a few months ago for a Seattle investment, they they are no longer interested. They're looking in, in other areas. Tacoma's yeah. definitely got people's eye and there's anywhere. a lot of exciting stuff going on in Tacoma. Yeah. yeah. Or anywhere there's a new transit line going in. Yes. That's that's all prime property. That's pretty scary. So how do these rental laws affect the real estate market? Yeah, I think with dumping more rentals into the into the pool of, of purchases, that's going to continue uh, with the, the amounts that the prices are going up is going to continue to go up because you put more into the pool and there's still a heavy source of buyers and we're still seeing a lot of investors. So that's it's going to you know and i don't know if the the new head tax is going to create anything mm-hmm. i tried to promise myself i wouldn't bring that one up but it <laughs> <laughs> was kind of hard with money chat and randy <laughs> and that's what i've i've been kind of thinking about with with regards of what it's going to do to mm-hmm. our market as a whole but uh, the seattle taxes are, or the seattle laws are definitely having an effect with uh, with the way people are able to purchase versus having rental options. Yeah, yeah. So, Holly, are the laws affecting anything else other than the local rental market and the real estate market? 
Yeah, I think uh, what it's, you know, it's going to continue to push people outside of Seattle. So people are going to start flocking to the east side, the south end, the north end. And and I'm seeing people leaving completely, leaving Mm -hmm. the state and leaving the area. Holly, are there any any new laws that the city council is proposing that you think would affect the market? Well, yes, I think that... uh, that head tax is definitely something. <laughs> couldn't help yourself. I couldn't. I couldn't. That was the second time, Holly, you said you weren't going to bring know. it up. I, I am very nervous about what that's going to do, and I really hope that they start really in, investigating what the, ad, what the adverse effects are going to be mm-hmm. with these laws before they just implement them because it seems like they are on a railroad of trying to do things that they think are going to assist people who are struggling when it's just punitive to the landlords and yeah they're that those people not everybody is a corporation they're Mm -hmm. moms and dads and families that maybe have one or two investment properties and they won't be able to participate they're going to have to sell those properties and yeah well and and, i mean you know me uh, personally holly and and my commitment and passion to the homeless community i do a lot of work with a lot of different organizations and so um i'm all in and doing everything that we can but like you said it's just really figuring out that balance and the strategic plan that's going to work in all areas um you know i have to say i'm i'm confident in our real estate market and i think we've got a you know our market's going to continue booming for many years coming with the 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 such the crisis of lack of inventory maybe we need a little adjustment somehow so um uh as as negative as may seem of the unknown of what's going to happen um you know regardless i i feel nobody has a crystal ball but there's a lot of amazing things happening in seattle and will continue to so um, holly what do you think that the city council is thinking when creating the laws what do you think's going through their heads as they're putting these together yeah, I mean, I got so. a behind the scenes with my husband's city council, <laughs> so I know all the behinds chatting that's happening. Um, but in obviously in Newcastle, not city, but our city, a uh, Seattle. Yeah, and <laughs> I at, like for example at the landlord convention last year, the uh, city council member came through our lunchtime and mm-hmm. had people shouting and yelling at us about the homelessness crisis as it's as mm-hmm. if it's our fault and we mm-hmm. are all greedy and she's really painted a picture of the greed factor mm-hmm. and uh, you know is misleading people into thinking that these laws need to be initiated to assist but I don't understand how the city council is getting behind these laws without hearing the voices of of the landlords. I feel like yeah. they've really worked on silencing landlords because of their own agenda. Interesting. That leads me to the question, are these laws even helping the people they're intended to help? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> that, was a, that was a quick and to the point answer. Nope. It's definitely having abs- it, the opposite effect. Like I said, uh, people are spending more money on, on application fees instead of less money. They mm-hmm. are you know, they're not, which any- is making it more struggling for them to be able to keep a roof over yeah. their head if it's costing more money to actually, yeah, yeah. And you know, the the city caters to the tech worker. That's just kind of how it is. So mm. anybody who's not in tech has to find whatever housing alternatives that are not specifically marketed to them. So yeah. 
living in an apartment downtown when you're, uh, you know, maybe a, a food service worker and not making over $70,000 a year, you're not going to be able to afford that $2,000 a month apartment. Yes. So, so Holly, thinking about it, because I know that you've, you have a lot of thought in this. I mean, it's your industry and you're day in and day out, you're working with, um, uh, people that are trying to get housing and you're working with the investors. So you really have that, that balance, um, thought process. So what are some ideas that you have that you think could really help with homelessness and help with people that are having a challenge affording to rent in Seattle? Well, I definitely think we don't need any more tax money. We have enough money to throw at, you know, the the problem. Mm-hmm. But, you know, even speaking to some of the homeless people on the streets, it, it's not about housing. It's about the lack of services that mm-hmm. they don't have. Yeah. And, the you know, there's that theme of other areas shipping in their homeless because they think that their service is here. And then that's a struggle for those homeless people because, of course, they get dumped off on a bus stop and are told, here's the land of opportunity for you. And they're, you know, going around asking for money and and they're not getting off the streets. It's just so really putting those efforts more in um, uh, getting the services that they need and focusing heavily on that and asking them what they need. Yeah. Yeah, what of course. They need? Of course. That's where they're totally missing the point. Yeah. yeah. Okay, housing, yeah, but uh that doesn't take you out of the chronic poverty that you've been living in. Sure. So that only puts a roof over your head, but that doesn't solve their problem. Yeah. And another thing is the cost to rent is insane in Seattle and uh you know, you can get under a thousand square feet for thousands of dollars literally. So, <laughs> when do you think this is going to cool off? Yeah, like Randy was saying, you know, we ha- we don't have enough housing. So until that balances out, we're going to just keep seeing prices increase. Now, the positive is that Seattle's dumping a lot of uh, money into in- or the in- the developers are dumping a lot of money into creating apartment buildings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, that's and and that has cooled some of the prices. But those are still way beyond what people can afford because they're only building the luxury type apartments, the nice apartment, because that's all they can afford to build. So Hmm. it's really not providing the the structures that are needed. And, you know, homeless people don't want to live in a structure where they feel trapped. Most people like to live on the street because it gives them that freedom. Mm -hmm. So putting them in a a little box yeah. is maybe not what's best for them. Yeah. So again, having that, you know, that, that conversation and communication and find out really where they, um, where the needs are at and where they're going to be happy. So uh, we've talked about um, not in de- great detail, which we don't need to because first in time is gone. Um, but talk about the criminal and, you know, because they're going through some adjustments and some conversations around that as well. Cause so you can share a little bit about that. Yeah, that's definitely scary because, um, you know, we we have no idea if we can't screen for criminal. What so explain kind of, exactly what the law, the change, where yeah. it was and the change to it. So usually when we're running a screening, we run 
for their credit background, mm-hmm. their eviction background, and their criminal background. Yes. And that could usually pop up a DUI mm-hmm. or, you know, a, a domestic violence thing. And that weighs on our decisions uh-huh. because if you're known to have domestic violence issues yep. and we're putting you in a housing situation where there's n- close neighbors and you continue to have those issues, mm-hmm. now you've created an issue for everyone. So that's, you know, and it, they go to jail, they can't pay their rent now, and yep. now you've got a situation with the legal f- issue because sure. they brought in a new, you know, significant other. And so that that's something all to consider, and now that's out the door. So Because what the crim of the idea behind that and making the change is um, um, not with the... Um, the child molesters, but with those situations that you're talking about, that maybe the significant other, the wife, or could be the husband, um, was caught up in that and it really wasn't their fault. They were in a bad situation. And really that other person that they're now with is not the bad situation. So they want to protect that that spouse of or that um, significant other to have a roof over their head. I mean, that's really the why behind it, correct? Yeah, I mean, everything is a big picture that we're looking at. Uh-huh. So when... Um, you know, so what comes into play with the other um, um, criminal acts, the the really big ones? How does yeah, that play in and, with this law? And what's interesting is, okay, so we can't screen for criminals. So if they do have a, a history of, um, you know, a sexual offense, yes. we can't screen for that, yes. even though that doesn't count. Mm-hmm. So how are we supposed to know? They don't even want us to Google or, you know, look on yeah. Facebook or anything like that because that could produce their criminal history. Mm -hmm. So then how do we know who we're putting into a property and what kind of tenant they're going to be? That is actually very scary. (laughs) (laughs) There's no way to figure out exactly who your neighbor is at that point. And uh, that's a very scary fact. Yeah. So what do you think is going to happen with the law, Holly? Well, I would hope that they could you know, get that one tossed out too. But Mm -hmm. if it continues, then it's going to continue to be a higher expense to Seattle renters when they're going to apply because we need a special screening. Uh And, um, and yeah, people are going to get frustrated because they are going to find out that their neighbor has a history of robbery and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden everybody's neighbor, you know, is being broken into and they don't know why. Yeah, it's a, and I, you know, as we're wrapping our, our time up here um, uh, with you, Holly, I, you know, talking to the, the um, listeners out there that, I mean, we are talking about Seattle. These are Seattle laws, but historically, things that happen in Seattle have made their way to our other cities. True. These are just really big things that are going on now. And so um, I, you know, and a lot of conversation from the other cities that are not agreeing with it. So again, it's just interesting dynamics of things that are going on. And Holly, I appreciate you. Uh, coming into studio with us, and uh, we look forward to having you back. Thank you. Coming up next to the Money Hour, marketing, pricing, listing strategies. Deanna Fulton with Deanna Fulton Realty Group, right here at 1150 AM, KKNW, after the short break. Are you clear about what it will take to be successful selling your home in 2018? Deanna Fulton Realty Group takes your real estate success to heart. They're adamant about a custom strategy. It often takes a village to represent your unique home and you. The brokers of Deanna Fulton Realty Group have five-star Zillow and Yelp rating and client testimonials to back that up. 
To start the conversation, reach out to evokethevillage.com. Hi, this is Deanna Fulton from Deanna Fulton Realty Group. You can reach us at deannafultonrealtygroup.com or evokethevillage.com. Let us help you create a custom strategy for your real estate success. Whether listing or buying, we can help find a solution today. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, and with my co-host, Keelan Harvey, right here at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, May 12th show. Bring you into studio each week the best of the best experts in our local market on everything regarding your money. We're here to help you in today's economy. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but we're here to answer any questions that you have or connect you with the guests that we have on the show today. You can call into the show at one 855 411150 Again, that's one 411150 or online at themoneyhour.com. And in studio right now, first time in studio, Deanna Fulton with Deanna Fulton Realty Group. We're going to be talking about marketing, pricing, and listing strategies. Deanna, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me here, Tina. And a little bit about Deanna. Deanna is a compassionate fire starter, a retired marketing and event consultant receiving four separate professional awards in real estate. Diana has been an investor and more recently a broker with Metropolitan Seattle and on the greater east side. In 2015, she received broker of the year with best choice realty and she has a five star rating on both Zillow and Yelp. Deanna, what's the difference between for sale by owner and having an agent represent you? Why use an agent, Deanna? That is the million-dollar question, frankly, Keelan. There are a lot of people out there who are very well-educated, very independent, and certainly this is their investment. It's their biggest investment. So they really think that making the maximum amount of money out of that investment when they sell it is very important. And so that consideration of FISBO uh, for sale by owner uh, versus hiring an agent um, is definitely a conversation over the Cheerios. Uh, They really need to think about the results of that. When, When I go in to meet with a client and they're considering being a for sale by owner Mm -hmm. or being in that situation of hiring an agent, I usually hand them a punch list of 200 to 300 different items that I am going to take care of for them as an agent and say, here you go. This is what, if you're going to go DIY, this is what you need. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a, it's, it's being transparent, you know. What I always say too, just we talk about this during the, the burn is, you know, have a one sheet where you list one sheet not being necessarily one sheet could be five sheets, but bullet point list of the 105 but you're saying over 300. I mean, those there are so many steps in the process that have mm-hmm. to be navigated through and not knowing what um, in that space and an expert in that space. So choosing an agent and, and is critically important to have um, the best representation that you possibly can, especially in this environment. So how do you advise when consulting with your, uh, your clients in choosing an agent? Mm-hmm. You know, Holly did a great job of having a single phrase answer, and I really feel the same way with this particular question. Mm -hmm. When you're picking an agent, you have to be intentional. Yeah. You have to know what your end goal is. 
Otherwise, you don't even know what success is. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and knowing that end goal and knowing that that agent understands how to navigate through that end goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with something so uh, so important as your largest asset, how do you know if an agent can add value to the decision-making and selling strategies? Right. Well, first of all, it's the rapport. There, there absolutely is a piece of, of speed dating almost when you meet an agent for the first time and you feel very pressured to make a decision quickly. You know, will we have a second date? Will, will they represent as well? And so you go online to see what the reputation is socially. You talk to friends. And that's why you see a predominance of agents and brokers being hired by referral. Um, and it really is a social endorsement. So, Dana, let's talk about uh, custom strategy. What would a custom strategy look like? I love custom strategy. <laughs> I really do. It sounds beautiful, <laughs> custom strategy. It really, it really does, but it's actually a lot of work. Uh-huh. And when you walk into a home or you meet someone for the first time, if, if you look at that person and say, you're not unique, you're starting the conversation at the wrong spot. Yes, yeah. Each home is unique. Each person is unique. Each goal is unique. Mm-hmm. And you want to customize it from that. And a lot of... Um, real estate brokers are trained, here is the punch list. Here's what you need to do. And really, it's the point of saying, okay, well, here's the punch list. You guys can read about this in the newspaper. You can find this top five tips online. Mm -hmm. But what is important to you? What is your goal? What is your timing? Um, What are the other things in life that are pulling on you? Because this is is a really stressful adventure. And when you have a non-custom conversation, you don't know. You just don't know what they really need. If they have a wedding going on simultaneously or a health issue or um, a life transition of some sort, Mm -hmm. that is absolutely 200% pulling on their time. Yeah. So having that, um, showcasing that home's very uniqueness. Absolutely. Yeah, I could understand. There's a lot of different angles when it comes to such an important decision. So you're smart to really think about the bigger picture. And speaking of custom strategy, why don't you tell us a little bit more about Deanna Fulton Realty Group? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I pushed back hard on that. (laughs) Really, I mean, when I meet with a client, I, I absolutely feel like it's about them. And so having my name out in front never really felt like the way to go. Uh, but I do have, with the referrals that are coming in, people are saying, will you work with that person directly? Mm-hmm. And will you be the one that treats them with compassion or care? This is, this is someone that's important to me. So it, it's really what the client is saying is driving the Deanna Fulton Realty Group. Uh-huh. Uh, additionally, there's a parallel brand that is bubbling up right now uh, called Evoke the Village, and it's literally about a very kind of a humorous moment where I said, sent a thank you note and said, oh, thank you. Uh, you know, it takes a village to get something done. Uh-huh. And in real estate, in lending, in any of our industries, it absolutely takes a village. There's up to 15 people involved getting you to close on one home. Yes. 15 people at a high level doing uh, a lot of stuff. Absolutely. Well, and I always say that, I mean, really what it takes to to connect your clients to you because you know that you're the best to be able to service them at not the best. And I mean, there's a lot of great people in the industry, but the reality is, is there's a small percentage that really um, have the passion, have the work ethic, have the knowledge to do that. So um, you're being a disservice if you can't attract 
clients to in whatever way that you, that is best for that. So I love the Deanna Fulton Realty Group. So <laughs> what do you mean by life transitions? Because mm. I know that life transitions um, has a, a warm and fuzzy connection for you. It's warm and fuzzy and it's the heavy hearted. Mm-hmm. Basically, it feels like life transitions are happening for all of us. Yes. And they can be... You know, they can be the the beautiful nuances of a new baby, of a wedding, of I mean, really positive things. But we turning all fifty, that's turning positive. fifty, yeah. a decade, right I just there. Fifty, hey, congratulations, you, you did it. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's it. It's like a lot of fifty year olds have aging parents. Mm-hmm. Yes. So they, not unlike you know most parents, they have that collection that they think is going to be dedicated as a legacy gift to their their children and their children say no way I do not want the glass figurines mom and dad and they have the blue carpet and the same paint because there was a remodel in the 1980s and it's Mm -hmm. still new Mm -hmm. so how does that put their best foot forward in the market and so the life transition is wow they're moving out of the home they've been in for 50 years yes and where are they going next how much stress is that causing the children maybe that are supporting them? Mm-hmm. Um, additionally, how much stress is on them? Um, because that is a major transition. And real estate walks in and interrupts every ounce of flow in your home. Yes. So making that decision around the life transition, but also how to be heartful. Um, and the the group of right-hearted or kind-hearted individuals that are very professional that I'm attracting into the Deanna Fulton Realty Group really has to do with how do we support what they need? Mm -hmm. And maybe it's a slower process, you know, and real estate doesn't slow down for anyone. So you really have to plan ahead and get that production schedule for their life. Deanna, it sounds like you really care about your customers, and that's really important. I mean, I know we care about ours, too, and, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a huge responsibility that comes with that. So how does that responsibility fit into custom strategy? Mm -hmm. You know, it's really about clarity and comfort and the responsibility of bring your best game, be your best human. Uh, But at the same time, you know, my license is held by the state. I have certain things when we're talking about the legalities and laws. You have certain templates that you're working with. You are not an attorney, and yet you are you are having people sign legally binding documents. And so making sure that you're doing it with the right timing, the custom strategy, you know, oh, I need to close on this other home in this, at the same time, or gosh, I'm financially right next to the edge. You know, those are things mm-hmm. that no one wants to share. There's a lot of pride around those I don't want to call them secrets, but they're they're just they're they're difficult things to talk about at yeah. hello. Well, and that's why you have the best mortgage consultants right here because there we, we have that conversation and then we obviously share it with them. And I be what I always tell clients when we're doing financing is I'm gonna go ahead and include Deanna on the communication so she knows exactly what's going on and they're like, Oh yeah, I include Deanna. So um we can we can smooth that process for you, Deanna. See, it takes a village. <laughs> it takes a village, exactly. So, um, uh, our listeners love stories, and so can you share uh, with our listeners just a success story that you've had recently? Certainly. You know, it, with success stories, it's never as much fun for me 
to share a success story uh-huh. as having the client do it. Of course. So, uh, you know, it's amazing when they take the time to tell the story or mm-hmm. write the story. So I try to post as much, uh, as many of those as I possibly can online. Uh-huh. Please go out and look. Those are the client stories, not mine. Yes. Um, the most recent one I had was we were driving down the road. I had clients that were relocating uh, from out of state in, and they said, we stressful. got on. Uh, absolutely stressful. Uh-huh, yeah. And they go, HGTV, send us the list of homes we'll be looking at by the time we get off the plane. Oh, no. Great. Okay. So they have six homes that match their criteria. Uh-huh. They get off the plane. There's one left. Oh. One left. Oh, no. And I said, don't worry about it. The one that is meant for you has remained. And they said, oh, you are stressing us out. We do not want to let you down. Don't worry about it. You'll know it. If you walk into this house, Uh you'll know it. The the house will wrap its arms around you if it is your home. Uh We drove down. They looked at the house. The guy's eyes just got so wide. They walked right in. We were not there for 60 seconds. He walked out on the deck and said, this is my home. Mm. This is my new home. And then things just kept falling into place. Just time and time again. Great, so great success story. Great success story. Yeah. Words like miracle, magic. I'm like, really? Yeah. You <laughs> okay. never you never know. It's for them know. to Absolutely. see if that home is falling in love with them. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. that's awesome. So you found your dream home. So, and it's the story of the industry right now. You get all these multiple offers. So how are you helping buyers win in those scenarios? You know, a small percentage of my business is with buyers. And that was a success story that I shared with you, which, I mean, that was obviously a buyer. But when you look at the the affordable housing types of situations, you're really having to move forward with clients that not only know what they want, but they're prepared. Yes. You know, they are absolutely prepared. They know what their earnest money is, their down payment. If they're getting a loan, you have to do expectations setting around, well, you're coming in in a weaker position, there are three cash offers. And so it's really about setting expectations that are realistic and then having people um, not check their dreams at the door. Yeah. Um, so really it's a, it's a one-two in that scenario, um, acknowledging it. So you kind of just answered our last question, which is, you know, the, the biggest mistake that you're seeing buyers make. And I, you know, I'd imagine uh, listening to that answer, it's really not being prepared, not being ready to go in with their best offer. Um, what else can you think of is, you know, buyers that are, are the biggest mistake that they're making. And I say the biggest mistake is, is that, you know, when they're giving up, what's causing them to give up and not stay with the fight and wait to get home. Mm-hmm. And that really runs in parallel uh, to what Randy was talking about. Mm-hmm. It, I'm seeing a trend where buyers will go out and they will have an agent that is not preparing them, first of all. And so you may have anywhere from five to 20 offers coming in on any particular listing, um, huge numbers. So when you see a sloppy offer, it's not being put together and structured correctly, mm-hmm. or it's not well thought out for timing what the seller is wanting, you really need to be asking pertinent questions up front of the listing agent and then following through and matching that up with the timeline and expectations of the buyer. Yeah, yeah, makes uh, makes sense. Yeah, crazy market out there. Uh, Deanna, I just want to thank you so much for coming you. in. Um, first time in studio. Thank you, Deanna, for coming in. It's so nice. And I love your input and your take. Thank you, Keelan. Yeah. Thank you, Tina. Appreciate it. And this is your host, Tina Mitchell, signing off for the day. And your co-host, Keelan Harvey. 
Enjoy the rest of your Saturday. Look forward to speaking with us here, all of you, next week. Same time, same place, right here at 1150 AM KKNW. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, NMLS 7233. The views expressed by the speakers on the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC.